everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as always, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. I think that's the cleanest I've done that intro since we changed your title. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go me. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> so how are you doing today? Uh, well... I don't know. I just got back from like vacay, which was weird. Um, but I went to Puerto Rico, which has which had horrible weather while we're there, except for like a day and a half, which sucked. And but it was also like sort of nice to be out in the world again in a place that actually takes like COVID restrictions seriously. I know we're having like a cultural moment where we're all like whining and crying about like how hard we have it because it's a once in a century pandemic, but. Like, it was so easy to just, like, show your Vax card places and wear masks in the elevator and have a wristband on at the pool or whatever. It was just nice. Yep. It's, like, the most normal I felt in a long time. Yeah, that's how I felt when I went to New York last October. Like, it just, like, I just felt normal finally. Like, yeah, I really wish that, that, that it was like that everywhere. Also, the hotel had like feral cats. Cat corner. The hotel had feral cats that um, lived outside it, or, or one feral cat in particular. I'm assuming he had friends. But I was like, oh, we don't do that here in America, really. Oh, I love cats. Anyway, I know me too. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cats, before we get into this episode, I should give ourselves a shout out. We have launched a newsletter for Televisions. Which oh you yes. Can subscribe to by going to televisions.org or. It's on the front page of televisions.org, but if you want to bypass our content on the site, you can just go to televisions.org slash subscribe, where we have a feature called Cat Corner, and I suspect we will have some photos of Baker and Hammer's time during uh, my time away, where they stayed at the Happy Cat Hotel and Spa, which is a real thing and was awesome. And that's not a plug. I just had a really great experience with them, and a lot of... They sent me pictures every day, so there's like a lot of cute things. Anyway... I'm blathering to try not to talk about our actual topic for the day. Oh, come is, on. Let's, uh... just, let's just do it. Listen, we, we, <sighs> we, okay. Actually, I th- I feel like we do owe our, our listeners in case they, in case they are expecting us to talk about Vienna blood because we talked about all creatures and we talked about around the world in 80 days. We are actually <sighs> skipping Vienna blood this season. For my sanity. <laughs> um, I, I, I did recap it if you are interested, but we felt... Um, especially considering the the topics of some of the mysteries, that this really wasn't something that we wanted to do a podcast on. Um, so yeah. instead, we are uh, we're, 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 we switched subjects. <laughs> um, Although I feel like we should also just remind people if you guys were around for the start of the pod uh, back in 2020, we did cover some of the first season, and I uh, really did not enjoy it. In fact, I think I stopped watching it like halfway through. Yeah, you did. Um, so that was that was a big piece of it. And also just like there's some topical stuff in there that I just don't think we need to discuss on the show in the year of our Lord 2022. The world is messy enough. So instead, we're going to talk about a serial killer, which is <laughs> maybe not better. I don't know. Um, there is a show that debuted recently on AMC Plus called Ragdoll, which will be making its linear debut on AMC Networks in a couple of weeks, I think. What is time? Yeah, February 28th. It's basically uh, Killing Eve, the final season, debuts on Sunday, February 27th, and Ragdoll will debut the next night on Monday, February 28th. Uh, they're from the same production company, I believe, is is the tie-in there. Correct. Also, uh, Henry Lloyd Hughes, who is um, who was uh, had a part in season two of Killing Eve, is the lead in this. And there's some other like sort of minor characters that are crossover actors from one to the other. Um, but I mean, you'll see some people in this that you recognize from other places. This this particular person who I love is not British, but I I own my guilty pleasure TV viewing, and I love Lucy Hale because I loved Pretty Little Liars, and she is in this, and I have thoughts on her character, but we will get to that later. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ragdoll is um, it's based on the uh, premiere. Uh, sorry, premiere. Um, the the debate the debut book um by daniel cole uh, who's a mystery writer wait this is based on a book yes it's based on i a didn't book. know that um the book actually, i did no research as per usual. um <laughs> the book actually um they changed the name of the uh the the detective in the book his name is wolf here his name is rose um but uh 
basically it's other than that it's basically kind of the same story um so there's this uh it, it starts rose is a detective and um he he'd been tracking a serial killer and he kind of um had a mental break towards the end of the case and he'd started I, I'm I'm not sure if he fabricated evidence or if he or if he just took shortcuts. I think he didn't. I, from my understanding, they're they're not. This isn't that important to the rest of the story. The the how he did this just for the fact that he did it. I think he did not follow the proper channels to make sure that evidence was admissible in court. So I think he did some things probably without warrants and probably without you know, going, uh, do it like following the chain of sort of custody of evidence that you're supposed to. He was yeah. just really, um, he, he was really determined to, to see this guy face justice for his crimes. And, yeah. uh, his nickname, the killer's nickname was the cremation killer. So if that gives you, I mean, I'm not mad at him. That sounds like a bad dude. Yeah. So basically, um, the, by someone basically rats him out within, um, their office and it, causes a mistrial and he kind of has this sort of like freak out like ptsd freak out when the killer turns around and smiles at him because he's getting off and he literally jumps the uh jumps the little half wall in the courtroom and beats the living crap out of the guy in the Mm. middle of court um i mean i know it's illegal and stuff but it's very satisfying because the guy as these people always are in shows like this was was very like smug and unrepentant about his his multiple murderings. So I was like, yeah, he should get punched in the face. Yeah. So basically he's then taken away and like put in an institution for a little while to recover from what's basically like this huge psychotic break. She means the cop, not the yes. serial killer. No, the serial killer is let back <laughs> out into the street. Um, But over the, in the book, it's like four years, but I think on the show, it's more like two. It's kind of not really clear. I think, yeah, I think, I think like two is, is more correct. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, while Rose is in jail, the guy gets re um the guy gets rearrested, and this time the 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 trial goes through, and the guy gets um, convicted. Um, Serial murder, stay murdering. Yep. Um. So now it's been a couple of years. Rose is now out of the institution, and he's rehabilitated, and he's you know he's got a new apartment, and he's he's doing okay. And his partner Emily back on the force somehow. Yeah, has basically gotten him back on the force. And the men two stay of- failing upward, right? Which is kind of also like a theme of the show. Seriously. <laughs> so basically, like she calls him and she's like, "Listen, I got you back on the force, and there's a new crime, and it's literally." across the street from your new flat and he's like oh crap so like he throws on like i don't know sweatpants and like runs across the road and like meets her over there like i don't even know like he's not even in uniform i don't my favorite one of my favorite parts of the whole show is like they go in there this is such a throwaway line but if you know my podcast choices this is so much sense they like walk into this building uh, uh rose and emily baxter his partner and new girl lake edmonds her name is really lake and it's a joke um, they go in to look at this crime and, and they ask the the officer on duty like how bad it is and he's basically like they're gonna make a podcast out of this one and I remember st- I was sitting there being like I would listen to that podcast <laughs> I'm just um, saying yeah. and it's true because it's a pretty like it's a pretty nasty crime they go into into this flat and they find suspended from the ceiling a dead body but it's actually six dead bodies because somebody has taken pieces from several different people and stitch them together into a like kind of a raggedy ann kind of corpse situation and that is where the title ragdoll comes from because they start calling the amalgamation of dead bodies the ragdoll it's really um it's really gross yeah. but this shows a little gorier i don't know why i thought the show called ragdoll about a serial killer who stitched dead bodies together would not be gory but I, it was, I don't know, it was just very disturbing. Um, yeah, they, they, they do definitely give you close-ups of the floating. It looks something, it almost looks like an art project from like the Hirshhorn. Like it really is like <laughs> something. But the the point is, is that, there, okay, two things. One, it's across the street in the other flat, right? And when Rose opens the window, he realizes that the body has been positioned to be pointing directly at his apartment, right? <laughs> so like now, So like now he's like, is this guy targeting me? And the reason that he thinks this guy might be targeting him is that the head on the body is the cremation killer who was killed in jail like two days ago. 
And suddenly he's like all paranoid and there seems to be a serial killer who is targeting Rose and targeting like and and, and targeting them. And basically like Emily's like, no, 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 you're making this up in your head. Stop that. And Lake Edmonds is like, is this guy OK? Why is he out of jail? Why is he here? Like, what is wrong with you people? Um I have to say, like, Lucy Hale as this sort of the newbie who is like, what the hell is going on here, um, is really entertaining. She's also, um, like Killing Eve, they don't make her do a British accent. Like, she's an American import in the Thank same God. way in the same way that Eve Pulaski is an, in, is an American import. And it's one of the things I really like about this is that they totally, like, allow the fact that Americans just come over to England and live and continue to have American accents and that's just life um and I also really you know I, I th- there's a lot of making fun of her she is um she is a young millennial and um and and Emily and Rose are definitely Gen X um there's a moment where Emily makes a Simpsons reference and 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 I felt this so hard when Edmonds turns around and goes, "Oh, I, I've seen the memes. I've never actually watched uh, that show," because you know I had I I remember hitting my mid thirties and having that moment when suddenly the people behind me no longer got all the Simpsons references, um, and and that really that really struck me. And I I, I want to point this out because the other thing about this show that made me sort of think, well, you know, we should do this partly because, you know, Killing Eve is coming up and we talk about that. And this is sort of, you know, being paired with it is that it has that same sort of bizarre humor. Like you you remember in, in, in the whole you remember in Killing Eve how there's the whole thing about how like dead bodies make them on hamburgers Mm. Right. Like this has that same kind of like black humor to it. Like when they're when they're in the room with the body the first day, they're like trying to come up with like what we're going to nickname the serial killer. When he finally gets named the ragdoll killer, it's by like the IT guy and they get all bent out of shape because, hey, how does the IT guy get to nickname our nickname our criminal? Like it it really is like that's how it works on like every other show with sidekicks. Get it right. Yeah. Um. So, like, this is the it, it. It definitely like they're definitely trying to sort of do the same sort of humor, like obsessive, like serial killer hero format. Um. Except this is not like the thing about Killing Eve that I really like is that Eve and Villanelle they kind of love each other even though they hate each other and it's all very complicated and it's all very emotional and it's all very, I don't know. This is not that. I I would say it's just that the characters aren't as interesting in this as they are in Killing Eve. Even when I, even when I feel like the show doesn't do right by Eve, I am still interested in Eve and Eve's journey. I just want to tell Rose to get therapy. Mm -hmm. Possibly also Emily to get therapy. Oh my God. No, she needs to go to inpatient AA. Like uh, and and Lake to I don't know just maybe go back to America. I there's just there's two, and I wonder I wonder if part of it is that there are is it is because there are ostensibly three leads here instead of two, and they just don't have like the on screen real estate to really like dig into what makes these people tick. Because I just spent six hours watching Rose have like weird flashbacks about pool tables and things, and I have no idea what that was about. And what's worse, I don't care. Um, so uh, I do actually understand what the flashbacks to the pool table were. Um, when, so I, I don't want to spoil this, but, um, well, I, this is ridiculous not to spoil it because the thing is the show spoils it very quickly. Um, in the same way that we know from very early on that Villanelle is the, 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 the serial killer that Eve is chasing and we meet her and we get to know her. This show introduces the bad guy about halfway through the show and 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 we and and he's actually introduced as a as a as a figure by the end of the first episode and we find out that the reason the serial killer became involved with all of this in the first place is that while he was in jail rose was or why he was institutionalized rose was so angry and so upset that he had at seeing like his his the 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 this this other killer go free yeah so he basically like somebody in on the inside told him if you call this number and you talk to them and tell them a name they will kill that person and then they will come and kill you 
and that that's 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 the deal. You can get the person you want to die dead, but you then will have to die. And Rose is Rose is you know he's he's not really in his right mind. He's like that sounds great. Give me the number. So he literally called the serial killer and gave him the name. And now this is what happens. And this is basically the the the, I... the serial killer has basically gotten up to that request on the list. <laughs> I I feel like this show tries too hard with this plot. Like there's just too there's too much like where it thinks it's being clever and instead i find it just being ponderous like i feel like there this show is an episode too long number one um because it just feels like it needs to pad out all these like crazy twists like is the ragdoll killer the same person as the it's called the faust like dr faust um that he calls from the jail and it's like are they the same person is rose just crazy then there's this weird segment in the middle where the show tries to do some some misdirection about who Rose is and Rose is and what he has done. But we know he hasn't done those things. So the fact that the show tries to show us these other characters legitimately weighing whether or not he's like a murderer was so boring to me. Because I, I was just like, this is a waste of my time. I know he didn't do this, and I'm not learning anything interesting about these women who think that he might have. Yeah, and and the fact that this is basically what they do with Emily, his partner. Like, I really liked them as a pair. I know their dynamic. Their dynamic is great. Yeah, I would watch a Nathan Rose and Emily Baxter like you know ongoing series. Like, I would totally do that. Yeah, their with, dynamic like, is great. Yeah. I could see people like coming down on whether they ship them or not. Like, in, in like, there's just a lot going on there, and they're really good together. Except for that part in the middle where they try to make me think that she thinks he's killed a bunch of people. And that she may be right for some reason, which we know isn't true. I know, even though we know that she's not because we've watched like four hours of the show already. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. It, it feels like it feels like the show doesn't respect my time. Like that's not doing anything useful because I know that it's not true. It's not even a good misdirection if I know that it's wrong before you tell it to me. And it also... It, in in a way, it makes it 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 belittles this woman character who is a strong and smart woman character, and watching her completely chase up the wrong tree. Like I get that, I get that there's a that there's a that there's a desire to misdirect, and that yes, your de- your your heroine detective can be wrong sometimes. And I'm not even arguing the fact that Rose should probably not be a cop, like, right? Like that, like she- he should not have his job. Nope, like. She's I am not mad at her for for thinking that he should maybe like take a break or do something else because he should do those things. Yeah. But that's a really big jump from I also started murdering people in my spare time. Yeah. And it it doesn't make her look good. And especially on a show that the show is actually really aware of the fact that she's a woman in a position of power and how that experience is different for her than it is for her partner and everybody else in the station around her. It blatantly references this like several times yes and so you know it's one thing if say this were like season three and we had built her up to be somebody who we respected already but to do this in the first season to do this immediately within a few episodes of meeting her is does not serve the character well what it does is it sort of builds up one woman at the expense of the other because since emily is wandering around like chasing up the wrong tree completely rose basically ends up sort of pairing with 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 lake and see and it made sense to me lake also thinks that rose is a murderer for a huge portion of the show but that makes sense to me because she doesn't know him Mm -hmm. even though like even though it still doesn't make any sense at all for to me for the show to have the subplot because we the people who are watching the show already know that it's going nowhere so uh, ah, ah. Yeah. i feel like this was a really good first draft in a lot of ways and it could have done with a really hard edit down to like four episodes and i think it would have been really like i i also um one of the things about this show that kind of got me um was I, I i went to see how much it had strayed from the book and I think a lot of the problems with this show are actually baked in the text and should have deviated from the book. Mm. And I think that's a thing that we don't get a lot of times. Like a lot of times when a book deviates from when a show deviates from the book and it does the right thing and it makes it good, we're happy. Right. Or the show is very faithful to the book and we're happy. I have I don't usually a show recognizes when it shouldn't follow the book because it needs to improve. 
And this show didn't do that. Um, it actually is part of the reason why I found out that this was based on a novel. It's also how I found out that this novel is kind of a mixed review novel. Like, it was the guy's debut novel. And while there's definitely people who like it, like, the Kirkus review was like, yeah, no. Um, and, like, <laughs> and, 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 like, the, the, the New York Journal of Books was like, yeah, this is a really good first draft. And I'm glad that, like, this guy won the lottery in getting it published and making it a hit. But, you know, he should have taken some time to write a better book if he was going to do that. Like, it was, it was kind of harsh. I know. I just, I just, I just, so the, the sort of shtick that happens here is that this, this, this ragdoll killer has a list of people. He leaves a list in the ragdoll body. And the list of people is basically his kill list. And he's going down the list and murdering these people one by one. It's like six people. And the last person on the list is Detective Rose. And and the on- first one is Judd from Voldark. And I love that. Oh, oh my God. Thank you for telling me who that was. I, was, I had a very, it's a, hey, it's that guy moment. He's, t- he's doing his, he's doing kind of, okay. So Boris Johnson used to be the mayor of London before he became the terrible prime minister. And he's kind of doing a uh, Boris Johnson. From, I did get Boris vibes from him. Yeah. He's doing Boris Johnson as the, as, as the mayor of London in it. The, the thing is, is that, is that there are, there, this show requires a tremendous level of suspension of disbelief. Like, just a tremendous level that that these incredibly like complicated plans go off to kill all these people go off without a hitch that that this man who is not a small man is able to sneak in and out of so many like high security places with people of power and like replace people's medications and and like put bugs in their apartments and on their pets and it's just like so much stuff has to go right for this dude that I'm like this <laughs> I would I'm willing to accept that to a point but like I said this list is like six people long and and none of these people die just cuz they get like shot in the face yeah and they di- and the thing is is because you know it's six episodes long each one dies per episode so you have basically like the cops figure out who number person for number person one is. Okay, they also run to help the him. Cops look and like they, idiots. And then they and okay, we've got him. He's safe. No, he's dead. Okay, we're gonna go get number two. Okay, he's safe. No, he's dead. Okay, we're gonna get number three. She's safe. No, she's dead. Let me let me put it this way: any show, any show that I watch where someone murders someone else by application of a snake backpack, oh my god, is <laughs> not a show that I'm cool with. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the flowers really got the, the flower one was like I was like that 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 one happens early on. And I was like, oh, God, if this is what we're in for and they're going to get worse each time, I'm going to throw my hands in the air. <laughs> no, it was the snake backpack for me. Number one, because I hate snakes. And two, because the person that that snake backpack murders is like has kind of uh, had some head trauma and I couldn't figure out if the snake backpack was real or this person like hallucinating for a couple of minutes. And then I was like, oh, no, that's a snake. That's a real snake. Well, that, I think just, that's it's... supposed to be sort of the point. Is I that... know, but it's just like so ridiculous. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree that there is definitely a ridiculousness. And, and each one becomes even more convoluted. Like the each one, like the, the, the snake in the backpack isn't actually like even close to the most complicated way that, that he kills somebody. But like, no, but like, think about it. Like you think about all of the steps. That this is I listen to too much true crime. But like, <laughs> think about all of the steps. Like, let's just take the snake backpack case. There's a, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, including like a car accident and a sprinkler disaster that has to happen before the snake backpack can be deployed. But all of the like, there's just so many steps of things that have to happen, including someone choosing to pick up and open the backpack with the snake in it randomly. That I just like. I it feels like. Did you ever play it? Did you ever? Uh, remember that game Mousetrap where you had to put all the little pieces together and then you had to like of course I have it's like the best game except then it took like 20 minutes to set it back up but I feel like there's no way we would have made it all the the way to the end of the mousetrap of that particular plan because it would have literally fallen off the rails at some point like what was the plan if that dude didn't open the snake backpack who knows right like I have to say there's definitely yeah there's definitely Rube Goldberg machine like level uh, uh, killings that happen in this series um, that being said, like, I did really like the cast. And oh, yeah, they deserved like, a lot better than some of this story. 
Also, uh, they also could have really, I think, in terms of even though a lot of the supporting cast beyond the main three are very good, there's a lot that, of them that feel sort of interchangeable to me, like all of the cops. Well, no, Michael Smiley is not because he's the guy from Luther, and I always, I always love to see him. Well, no, I just mean like in terms of their role in the show. Okay, yes, that's true. Like honestly, several of them could have been collapsed into less characters, like Simmons and Finlay. Uh, who Finley is a uh, Smiley. Simmons is the boss. Um, I don't understand why there were two of them. Like it really could have just been that Smiley was the boss, and it would have been fine. There's also like a random dude. Who's like Di Chambers? Who who is sort of corrupt? I think sort of, but like not. But oh also my. kind of like and, and and then there's the whole thing with the journalist and the having relations with the journalist. You know, I I love Natasha Little. Don't get me wrong, but I find the cliche of the journalist sleeping with her sources to be the worst. I know it's really gross. No one does that. No one does that. Okay? Listen, guys, I don't know. I don't care what your fantasies are. I promise you that women reporters do not freaking sleep with their sources. Go dream about it elsewhere and stop putting it on my television because it's crap. <laughs> um, the other thing that annoyed me about this show, and on the whole, like I said, I I enjoyed large pieces of it, and I, and I thought a lot of the premise was good, and I thought the cast was great, but... I hate anything that angles her sequel as hard as this did. Yeah. And it angles her sequel so hard out of nowhere. Like for like 90% of the show, it, I was like, oh, this is actually going to be like a limited series and we're going to like get closure at the end and it's going to be done. But then right at the very end of the show, there's just this, ha ha, you thought. And then it's just like, here's how we could have a season two by throwing in all these twists that we have not pointed toward in any way before now. You know, um, that's one of the things like I, I, I sort of almost feel like that might be Killing Eve's fault because I think Killing Eve never meant to have a second season. Mm. And then yeah, I agree with you. And it was so popular. They had to basically find one. And then like they can and, and they also had to find a new showrunner because Phoebe Waller Bridge was like done. Um, and like they came up with a decent way of like making it continue and they 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 came up with the concept of we get a new showrunner every single year and and I love that I love the fact we've showcased a lot of different women writers and given them you know the ability to run a show a high profile hit show like that I think that's brilliant but I feel like Ragdoll was like we have to make sure that if there's a that 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 if this is a hit we have the season two entrance and it swerves so hard it swerves so ridiculously hard to try to get to the second season that I was truly laughing during the last the last scene. Ugh. I I wish I I don't want to spoil it because I because I because I feel like people should come to this in their own terms. Let's but... just say that 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 Lake has a Lake has a past in America. <laughs> Let's just say that, and like it's something that Lake has never come up in any way until like twenty minutes. Yeah, like you see her have these sort of like weird flashbacks throughout, which we all were just sort of assumed that she just had something traumatic happen. Well, it's not what you think, and it's dumb. Yeah. And 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 it and it 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 almost sets her up to be the next Rose in a way, which I didn't like at all because I don't want that for her. I want like I want Rose and Baxter to be a team with Edmonds trotting on after them, putting forcing them to drink oatmeal oat milk in their coffee. Like that's what I want. Okay, that was entertaining. That was fun. You know. And to be fair, to be fair, I didn't really mind. Uh, uh, Baxter and Edmonds' dynamic either. No, I thought they were really good. I thought that was also really interesting because of their two two very different experiences of being a woman trying to work in law enforcement. And while there are certainly a lot of cop shows that have women in them, they usually are there because this is a show that's like 80% dudes and they need to have a lady in it. Like this really felt like they were uh, not bonding necessarily, but like they understood where each other were coming from yes. because of the fact that they were women in a way that as great as Baxter's relationship with Rose is, I don't know that he did, which no. actually I'm actually I'm almost positive he didn't because he yeah. did get a second chance after all of that business. Yeah. And she would. Not. And in fact, someone actually points out to her at one point, if if the roles were reversed, you never would have gotten that second chance. And, and she wouldn't have. Yeah. 
And I, 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 I have to say, you're right. I love Edmonds and Baxter together. I even kind of liked the idea that like Rose had run off to like another continent, and now we were going to have the adventures of Baxter and Edmonds. I was okay with that. Yeah, um, me too. But you know, I, and that's the thing. I really like this cast. I really want. I would totally be down with a ragdoll season two. And that really kind of weirds me out because I thought the mystery was so not, so not good in a way. Like, I wanted, this show wasn't good enough to get a season two, and yet I love the actors so much I would take a season two. I don't, I don't think I want a season two, just because I don't, I don't know that they'd learn the right lessons from the first season. Do you think, I, this was something I, I was thinking about when I was watching towards the back half of the season and, and we get to the whole business of of where everyone thinks that Rose is is maybe a murderer or at least a murderer's accomplice or something. And we know it's not. Do you think it would have been a better show if they hadn't shown us the killer so early? I don't... I think, I, I think it would have, if only. I don't think them showing me the killer that early did anything. Well... I, I think they showed the killer that early because there's a level where Eve versus Villanelle and they wanted something where it was Rose versus this Faust guy. And I think they really wanted that. But the problem is... is but the Faust guy's really lame. A, the Faust guy's really lame. And B, as you pointed out, there's already three leads. It's one thing for Eve and Villanelle to be the two leads and everyone else be secondary. Though at this point, Fiona Shaw kind of really is the third star, but they didn't really get there until like season three. I wouldn't even say that. I would still, it's still, she's still very strongly second tier for me. Um, But the, there's only one good guy and there's only one bad guy as leads. And that's, so to promote this Faust person to sort of like okay we're uncovering him so that like he and he and rose can be obsessed with each other yeah but there's no room for that there there just wasn't room for it there's no room for it and i don't like i don't know why they would be no like why does the faust why why does the faust guy care about him oh because he made this telephone call (laughs) well yeah but like that's it which is kind of dumb Right. And the worst part is, as it goes on, there is actually kind of a cool thing that they do with the killer and his that he that he's, you know, most of these serial killers are single people. In this case, he has a wife and there's a whole question of whether or not the wife even knows. Is she part of it? Um, And and I really loved that because that's not something you see in serial killer stories is seeing them have an actual like like foundational almost kind of bizarrely functional relationship right like that was really different but it also like and and so giving him giving us this the the serial killer early kind of gave us the uh, uh, gave them the room to do that but at the same time like you know i don't think it really served the overall mystery narrative you know i mean was there a mystery narrative we there's no mystery (sighs) You know, there's okay. So I've talked I about. I'm just, I'm just really hung up on the whole. Like they gave us the answer, and then they tried to be like red herring, red herring, and I'm like, it's not a red herring if you told us the answer. It's true, and 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 you know, I, so one of the things that I've always talked about with mysteries is that there's mystery forward and there's story forward, right? And Endeavor is your ultimate mystery forward, and Grantchester is your ultimate story forward. I think she, I think she meets character story, like character development forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say story, like I mean like their 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 lives, their. You know, the mystery is just sort of there to drive the thing. But what we're actually tuning in for is, you know, Al Weaver as Leonard and 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 seeing and seeing the uh, and, and seeing like Jordy and his wife break up. And that's the thing we actually care about, not the mystery. Whereas in Endeavor, we don't I mean, don't get me wrong. Endeavor's cute, but we don't really care about him as a person that so much as much as we care about the mystery and 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 the show doesn't care about him as much as it cares about the the cleverness of the mystery here i feel like by killing eve is very much a story forward it is not interested in the mystery you know villanelle is the serial killer there really isn't a mystery it's kind of thrillerish it's i mean ki- i guess you could say it's the 12 but i couldn't even like describe to you what the 12 is so it's not that important Right, exactly. It's not important because what's important is the relationship between Eve and Villanelle. And this, I think, wanted to be that, 
But the mystery is so complicated and so over the top and all of the killings are so over the top that it kind of gets in its own way. So that the mystery mm. is sort of, the, there's too much mystery. It needs to be a far simpler one. You need to not have these Rube Goldberg machines show up every episode if, you, if what you want is for people to focus on the character development. I mean, it's sort of, uh, did you ever watch the show Hannibal? Which was yes. really, which was really, A, it was great if people listening have never watched it. Um, but it also had a lot of really violent, sometimes like gorily beautiful murders in it and stuff. But like those were always just kind of set dressing to the stuff that was going on around them. Because it was all about character development. And I kind of thought after I saw the first framing of the actual like ragdoll body that this is going to be something like that. That that was going to be in the background while we did other stuff and then it's not but also we already know who's doing it but unlike Hannibal we don't really learn anything about this person much well it is it is sort of okay you you said is it even still a mystery if we know who did it well yes because it's a mystery of will he kill will, will he manage to off number four who is oh. once again in police custody so there is a mystery also, aspect I mean, I guess the mystery is how are the police this incompetent? But <laughs> like, I, honestly, it's like Seriously, defund these police. <laughs> I I just don't I, like. There are just something like literally. There's a scene where the killer's like in a house with with the victim, and like a cop comes in to go to the bathroom, and they're literally like on opposite sides of a door because like the cop is peeing. And I was just like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. I don't know. And it's just, it's just really like, it's the constant refrain of the, oh, we've got him. He's safe in custody. And they turn around and he's suddenly like dropped dead from some mysteriously magical like household agent. And it, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. And again, like this is in, in the same way that I feel like we didn't have enough of Emily Baxter to respect her before you, before you sort of made her look incompetent. These cops never get a chance to look good. They just look incompetent. And it's one thing to sort of pull that like two or three seasons in, but pulling it in, pulling it immediately does not do it any favors. Maybe it's also, again, this is just me watching like too much true crime, is that I don't, something about the character of, of the Faustus dude or Faust, Faustus, Faustus, same difference. It does not seem to me like a man who could come up with these like really elaborate and intricate like multi-step murder plots. Yeah, no, he is no. Okay, I- I'm sorry. He's no Villanelle. Villanelle could pull off these things. He's like from the Geek Squad at Best Buy. I mean, <laughs> like I just don't. It's not happening. Yeah, I-, I have to say there is a level where they need it, to- where they need Faust to turn out to be a Villanelle type character, and. I, I, like at no, least no, have I, some style. All apologies to the actor who plays the character, and I will not say who it is because I'm not spoiling it for you. But no, he doesn't look the part, he doesn't act the part, and the character isn't written like that, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean that being said, like I, I if anything, what this did was make me want Killing Eve to come back. <laughs> Well, I had some problems with Killing Eve last season, but I, I know am excited. You did. I liked it. I like season three better. I am excited to. I hope that they stick the landing, and I hope that having a defined endpoint will be like a good uh, sort of guardrail for them as they like bring the story in. Like they're like, well, we have to we have to write to an ending now instead of writing to an ending that needs to be able to continue the next season. So that that's what I'm hoping for. As for Ragdoll, I just I, I really like the thing that's frustrating is that I didn't hate it. If I just hated it, like um then I would just hate it and it would be fine. But like I can see that there are bones of something decent in this and something that could have been really good. And I just I can't I, I think if you take two episodes away and really pare it down, like you could have a really great like four part thriller in here. But I don't know where it is in this amalgamation of things. It's sort of like a ragdoll. Wow. Sorry. Um. Actually, what I I didn't want <laughs> I I didn't mean to stop us right there. Um. What I did want to ask you is um one other thing that I find very interesting about this is how AMC is releasing it. 
This it's doing mm. the same thing it did with Discovery of Witches last year and is probably doing this year, where it released it on streaming weekly, and now it is coming to linear weekly six months later, basically. I wonder if it, I wonder if the show is better if you watch it weekly. Maybe you don't notice the hole so much if if you have some space. If it has some space to breathe between them. Yeah, I, that and that's that was the uh, that was the thing that remained with me when I watched it. Because, again, I also binge-watched it after all six episodes were on AMC+. And I, I, because we sort of talked about it, and we sort of thought we might cover it, and I was curious. Um, and I also really loved, like, Lucy Hale, and I, you know, I thought it would be good. Justice for Katie Keene. Seriously. Um, but honestly, like, I, I wonder if this show will do really well as a weekly broadcast on basic cable show. I mean, it might. Uh, could it be a Killing Eve level? I don't think it could be a Killing Eve level hit in the same way. It doesn't have that same, like, uh, it does not f- have that. It doesn't feel to be like it's going to capture kind of like the pop culture mainstream in the same way. Um, I think I think plenty of people will probably really enjoy it. And I do think, now that I'm thinking about this, I think not binging it is probably the way to go. Um, I don't know what I think about the AMC thing. Like, I get what AMC is trying to do. They actually have a, a tremendous amount of pretty good content on AMC Plus and coming to AMC Plus, And they are just sort of scooping stuff up left and right. So I appreciate them for that. And and, and I, think I, just... I, I think it's interesting that unlike, you know, the thing is, is that the big thing in streaming right now is that everybody gathers, you gather it all together, right? Like, even though Discovery Plus and or Discovery Networks and, and Warner Media and Warner Media haven't actually like merged yet everybody basically assumes that when they do it will become you know discovery hbo max plus like we all just (laughs) we know it will all become one thing because that is sort of how things are working netflix sort of made an everything store of streaming and that is what everyone else is now doing amc for whatever reason i think more it fell like i think it kind of fell like butt over tea kettle into it but it 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 did it, it it has it has fallen into a, a a system that is completely backwards from that. It has all of these little minor niche things that 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 you really like. Acorn TV is a perfect example. Um, I love Acorn TV. Um, but it, it, it's one of AMC. It's one of the AMC network streamers, and it has its own thing on its own little on its own little uh, its own little vertical island, if you will. Yeah, and then the next, and then AMC Plus is next to it, and it has some things that are sort of like sister shows to the stuff you find on Acorn, but it's its own thing. And then Sundance Now, and then IFC Films, and All Black, and all of these different things that you can, that you can, and some of them cross over, like Discovery Witches crosses into, I think, Shudder is the, the horror one. The horror one, yeah. Yeah. And it might be, that might be on Sundance too. I don't know. You, it's a lot to keep track of. It is. And the other thing too is. Is that I feel like they have yet to either create or land something. Uh, maybe maybe this is actually true for people who are really into The Walking Dead, um, which I gave up on many years ago. No one is into The Walking Dead anymore. That's not 2011. Oh, I think plenty of people. Judging from my experiences at the, near the activations at cons, people, plenty of people are still in The Walking Dead. I'm just not one of them. But like, other than that you get early access to those episodes, I don't know that they have yet found or produced something that necessitates signing up for it to see it. Yeah. Whereas I would say Acorn TV by sort of like honing in on the Miss Fisher and Agatha Raisin kind of like lane, it actually has sort of defined itself. But of the other AMC plus or AMC networks, little verticals, like nobody has a breakout hit in the same way. Well, I think part of it, too, is because that they have to try to balance programming a linear cable channel versus also programming their streaming service because they don't want to cannibalize one from the other. So, you know, that like Ragdoll will prop will come to linear AMC. So if, unless you really must see it like the first month or two, it's available, like you can just wait it out. But something like Kin has not come to AMC linear. It's only on AMC plus. I bet you it will now that it's gotten a second season. I'm hoping. I'm kind of hoping. I hope so. I really liked it. But um, 
was that? I had a better example than that, and I've forgotten what it was. Um, but like you know, ki- like Killing Eve is not ki- like you can see episodes a week early, which because it's just a single episode ahead and not the whole season i don't know how much value that really provides to people it's not like i can watch all of killing eve season four right now i can just watch like two weeks ahead and also killing eve is um killing eve is also already simulcast on two broadcast lanes because amc networks also owns 51 percent of bbc america that's true well technically killing Eve started as a bbc america show right and when amc and when, when amc networks took it over it sort of it sort of cannibalized killing eve in a way because i i look at like um because even like the biggest stuff that amc has coming like i'm i'm sorry i'm gonna be lame for a minute r.i.p and rice that's not lame that is actually like their best ip right now no i'm very excited i'm not as excited for interview with the vampire because i i just don't i feel like i'm kind of vampired out right now but i am super freaking excited for the mayfair witches um and I am really excited to see somebody adapt that finally. Uh, the fact that they have Anne Rice is like, as I said, it's their best IP right now. It's it's their chance at a breakout. But I don't think it's, but because it is a real chance at a breakout hit that they haven't really had since like The Walking Dead. I don't think that they're going to be able to resist some, the temptation to put it on AMC. Like, I think it's going to premiere on the cable channel and also maybe a week ahead or something on the app. I don't think it's going to be an app exclusive because I just don't think they can risk it. Because I don't, as as cool as the service is, I just don't think it has the subscriber numbers for that to be the only place you could find a project they've spent they've spent that much money on. Um, Kevin Can F Himself would be a perfect example of... <gasps> such a good show. It's such a good show. And they didn't want to make it... And they, so they did not risk making an exclusive to AMC+. It debuted a week early on AMC+, and then a week later on broadcast. But somehow the way they did it completely like killed all the buzz around it, which was yeah. really annoying because the show is so good. Like this hybrid model is just... I know it's them trying to work out the kinks of like how to do what I said before, which is to try to have an exclusive sort of streaming service and also a cable channel that uses the same content. But like it, like it just ends up sort of being a mush. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, why like a lot of places like, um, like HBO Max and Discovery Plus, which is, Discovery Plus is already like a conglomerate of like every, di- every Discovery channel, Discovery owned channel out there. You know, I think that's why you get these overarching because it's actually just easier. It's just easier to make HBO Max and then also have some stuff on HBO that also shows up on HBO Max while HBO Max has its own exclusives too. Like, I, it really is easier than to do what AMC Networks is attempting to do here. And which is the trying to have it both way. It's like, what is that phrase? Jack of all trades, master of none? Yes. Like, it's like that, but for streaming. Yeah. It's like, you end up nowhere. Which which really sucks, because they do have some great content on there. Like, Kin is great. Kevin Can F himself is amazing. Like, I mean... And there's good stuff coming to it too. Like you know, honestly, like they just they they just put an announcement of all the stuff that's coming in the spring, and like the shows that are coming later. And you know, some of this stuff, this is stuff that our audiences are gonna, you know, people who who read us and 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 love PBS are gonna love this stuff. You know, the suspect is is Aiden Turner's next big thing, right? And that's gonna be on Sundance now, which is one of the AMC Plus verticals. It will also <laughs> simultaneously stream on AMC plus but it will not be on broadcast anywhere at least not for a few months i mean i fully expect i think most of their big things have gone to broadcast except kin is the only one off the top of my head i can think of that hasn't um or gangs at least of london that, that, yeah gangs of london's first season did i don't think the north water has gone to linear yet it did it with li- but, it did it with line of duty when acorn had line of duty but then it lost line of duty to britbox yeah, I mean, I think Ken is really the only thing I can think of that hasn't gone to linear. I, I, I just expect all of that stuff to go to linear because why wouldn't it? Because they're not there because uh, at the moment they're not touting these things as being exclusive to the streaming side. So I just I don't know. I think it's really hard and I don't I don't envy them trying to figure out how to do this because they do have a much smaller content pool to work with than say an HBO and an HBO max does like for them, they have everything. So if they split, if they split things up between those two buckets, then whatever, no big deal. And everybody who's an HBO subscriber has access to HBO max anyway. So 
Like it's a different situation. And I like I said, I don't envy AMC trying to like thread this needle, but I don't I think what they're doing right now is just not working. All right. Um I, I I will say though I am looking forward to Killing Eve and I I I can't wait for us to do, uh, even even if you are not into season four the way you weren't into season three I am so looking forward to talking about it. I mean I will watch Jodie Comer do literally anything. <laughs> I watched I sat through the I sat through the like four rape scenes in the last duel for her. So oh wow, I think it's only three, but still. Uh, Sandra O oh in the chair was also really like I didn't love the chair as a show, but I loved her. <laughs> I was like, wow, she really deserves better than this show. <laughs> anyway. Um, that is that is I think I think that's <laughs> any code for stop talking, we're out of time. So uh in that spirit, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh let's see. You can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Um you can find pictures of my very fuzzy, rather ill-behaved cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Um, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions. Um, and I also freelance around the web. Um, right now I am uh, if you look I my big article over at NBC is uh, on inventing Anna so uh, yeah ho- hope you like that and um, yeah so if, if basically if you want to know what I oh I'm also covering the Gilded Age that's the thing I couldn't remember I'm covering the Gilded Age at, at AV Club every week so you should also check that out on Mondays um, I, I uh, yeah but basically if you want to know what I wrote like just go to my Twitter because I just retweet all of my bylines and that's the fastest way to find what I wrote today so yeah thanks be my Huzzah. friend um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot at televisions and around the entertainment web. So be my friend on Twitter and you can see all the stuff that I am working on because I always tweet my bylines and also cat pictures. But if you just want the cat pictures, they're on Insta at Baker and Hammer, where you can see many pictures of their uh, Happy Cat Hotel and Spa Hotel Room, which was called Celtic Cat and was kind of Outlander themed, which I felt was very appropriate for me and this show. Uh, <laughs> as I said, we have a brand new newsletter where you can keep up with this podcast and all the stuff we are writing on the site. Find it at televisions.org slash subscribe or just look for the box on our homepage at televisions.org. While you're there, you can click on that donate button up top to help us keep making the show, keep writing a lot of content and now publishing this newsletter. No, I really don't have a quota for how many times I meant to say <laughs> newsletter this week, but it was apparently very high. Uh, <laughs> we're on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, and Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. That is our show. Oh, wait, I forgot the last place we are located, which is YouTube. We are Weed Up PBS on YouTube, and you can listen to the show there, too. Whew, I need to make just like a standard spiel for the end of the show about that, because we are... We are encroaching towards domination, and uh, it just takes me a long time to remember every place that we're that we're putting this content now. Anyway, that is our show. We will be back next week. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves and each other. Consider upgrading your mask game, getting boosted for your coronavirus vaccination if you have not yet, or talking to the vaccine hesitant in your life because Omicron is no joke. It is winter still, somehow. I didn't bring the sunshine back from the tropics with me which sort of super sucks but uh, I did read somewhere that we are on the uptick towards the days are getting longer like we've officially stopped well yes we've been on that uptick since December but like in the DC area I think the sun has officially already set at like 5 for the last time or 5.30 something spring is coming is what I'm saying better times are coming so hang in there in the meantime listen to us and we'll be back next week